0: When I say can you dig it, put your
1: two hands up like that. Can you dig it? Can, 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 can. Here we go.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by silverscreenandroll.com. I'm Christian Rivas, joined by Jacob Rude, and despite my last name, beginning with Reeve. I am not related to Austin Reeves, though. I wish I was tonight. Um, How soon
1: until you uh, change your last name to Reeves?
0: I already did on Twitter. (laughs) That's that's my uh, name until the Lakers flame out in summer league, which if tonight was any indication, they just won't die and they're going to win another summer league championship. Um, the name we have to talk about of course is austin reeves who scored a putback but i think that's underselling how cool it
1: was i was gonna say that was like a shot did you ever play 21 when you were growing up where like you always try to it might be different names but you if you tip uh a team or the guys you're playing with they go back down to zero so yeah that was all that was like when you know the guy's almost about ready to win and you're just trying to tip the shot no matter what that's what that shot looked like that was yeah you're right that was very much underselling that was really athletic and really impressive
0: Austin reeves i had heard a bit about him after the lakers picked him up on a two-way and there are a few, like, high-profile draft guys that seemed really high on him. I looked up a picture, and he looked like Troy Bolton from High School Musical. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's let's uh, let's see what this kid's got. Watched some highlights. I was impressed. Uh, and through, I don't know how many games it's been now, three three games, uh, two at the California Classic, and today his debut in Las Vegas, where Lakers fans always seem to be. Um he was great again, and I, I don't know. I'm excited about this guy. I I don't know if there's a path for playing time <laughs> with uh, on this roster this season with Russ and Monk and Nun, and uh, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Kent Bazemore T H T. Yes, Taylor Horton Tucker, who was at the who, game. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say who was in attendance tonight.
0: Um, although. If we're to believe rumors on Twitter, Taylor Horton Tucker was locked up at the Drew League. So oh yeah,
1: that, that was another that was not great. Do not go look up Taylor some or Drew League highlights. Um, I have a, a question because there was a, this might already become a meme at this point of Austin Reeves and Mac McClung embracing um, after Reeves's game winner. Uh, McClung had a couple shots in the fourth quarter in that final minute to tie the game. Are we the Mac McClung and Austin Reeves of Lakers podcasting?
0: I could only hope. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I don't know who I'd rather be. Um, I lean towards Matt McClung because he's kind of he he's kind of a loose cannon. Like I think he's a good <laughs> player, and I enjoy watching him play. He's like the perfect summer league player in the sense that if nothing's going on, he makes it happen. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I don't think that guy can play on a level below ten. It's just ten and up. <laughs> That's what his yeah. knob goes to. Uh,
1: if you were to ask me before this summer league, uh, which one of us was Mac McClung, it would be which one of us peaked in high school, <laughs> because that was basically Mac McClung's career through college. He was he was all right, but. He has become a cult hero inside of three games. They're two and one now. So in three games, he's a cult hero. Listen, I know this wound is fresh. He is doing everything he can to fill the Caruso sized hole in Lakers fans hearts. I tweeted that before he even made the jumper uh, to tie the game with like 15 seconds left or something. Um it is not his fault. Do not hold that against him that he is not Alex Caruso. I'm, I'm saying it mostly in jest, but he's a lot of fun. Those two, uh, I mean, you have to d- mention Devontae Kaycock after tonight 13 points, seven rebounds, three assists, three steals, two blocks. Uh, he looks like a guy. I mean, Coach Crawford talked after the game about how much responsibility he's putting on him because he's the only guy that's familiar with the the system. Um, and he looks like a guy who's familiar with the system and the NBA game and whatnot. He's looking like a player who is in entering his third year, I believe should look like. So yeah, he, he's been really impressive. I'm interested. The Lakers still have three open roster spots. I'm interested if he gets some kind of non-guaranteed deal, um, at the very end of free agency. Because I'm not sure that there's three guys worth signing at this point. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. All three of those guys, Kaycock, McClung, and Reeves, have been awesome during Summer League so far.
0: Yeah, what's crazy about this Summer League roster that the Lakers have is, I don't want to say they're they're deep, especially not compared to Lakers Summer League rosters of the past. But there are certainly more than just the two-way guys that you can see being contributors at the NBA level. Uh, Kaycock and McClung being the two. I don't think McClung is going to get a guaranteed contract uh, from the Lakers. I, as fun as he is, I just think he's probably a two-way guy, if not an Exhibit 10 guy. So uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens with him. I'd imagine playing in L.A. with the South Bay Lakers will be somewhat appealing to him given the success that the South Bay Lakers have had in developing NBA guys and giving opportunities to, to guys with the senior team. Uh, that being said, I, I could totally see them giving Devontae Kaycock a non-guaranteed contract because there's there's a few benefits to doing that. One is, here's obviously famously are Going to be pretty deep into the luxury tax this season, not as deep as other teams.
1: I was very to make that caveat, but go on.
0: But they are going to be uh, paying a pretty hefty luxury tax bill, and for that reason, it would be wise of them if they wanted to save a few pennies here and there, which it sounds like they do, um, to sign to use one of those roster spots to sign. Uh, rookie to a rookie's minimum contract. I think Kaycock would be an interesting candidate for that. He is one of the few, if not only, bigs you can go small on the roster with. Um, so I'm trying to think like now that even Markeith is gone, now, I'm not even talking about Kyle Kuzman, Montrezl Harrell. Now that Markeith is gone, you really don't have anybody you can go small with uh, in that front court unless you want to play Carmelo Anthony at center. That's
1: not the, the Blazers did as I was reading <laughs> or uh, I was I wrote about him when they officially announced him on Friday as the, the biggest of Friday news dumps. They just dumped everything on on Friday. The Lakers did, but uh, they're back
0: Friday. news dumps are back.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which we should also mention. I don't think anybody has done a podcast since Frank Vogel's extension as well. Uh, there was some concerns starting December because he was entering uh the last year of his contract and the last thing you want is a lame duck coach so we still don't really know the length of it but shout out to him but anyway as I was writing about Mello, uh the Blazers tried to play him at center I didn't look up the stats on it because I honestly was too busy laughing at the idea of Mello playing center but uh, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, Kcock is in that regard about the only guy they would have to try to go if you just really wanted to go small and for whatever and Anthony reason, Davis Yeah, I was going to say and for whatever reason Anthony Davis wasn't available.
0: So that that's that's one reason, but I I think the other reason is to have somebody who's willing to accept that non-guaranteed contract with a late contract guarantee date. Uh, Gives the Lakers some flexibility in the post-trade deadline buyout market. There have been some whispers, not from like NBA insiders. It really is just Twitter of, um, you know, what if Kevin Love gets bought out by the Cavaliers? Would he be interested in teaming up with Russell Westbrook again and teaming up with LeBron James again? I don't know how much interest the Lakers would actually have in that. Um, I mean, judging by everything that Jerry Colangelo said about his brief stint with Team (laughs) USA doesn't sound great. Kevin Love doesn't sound like he's ready to contribute to an NBA team. But, I mean, maybe being in a winning organization and having a, I guess, smaller role, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from Kevin Love. But the point is, if there's a name or a, a, a high-quality contributor that becomes available later in the year, it is wise of them to have a contract that they can just waive without eating a whole bunch of money. So, yeah, I can totally see that happening. The other two roster spots, I, I have no
1: idea what they do with. Yeah, I wrote um, kind of after their flurry uh, on it. I believe on Wednesday um, because they did everything within about 24 hours and then just completely stopped. Um, I still think it's probably most likely that Wes and Jared Dudley come back. Although it's interesting that Kent Bazemore is going to wear Wes Johnson er, or not Wes Johnson. I'm sorry. Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews number. Um, It's not a great omen, uh, but um, I still think that those two come back, you sign a guy like Kaycock, as you said, non-guaranteed, it would guarantee some time. And I think it's usually early January. Um, they would more than likely waive him unless something happened. And then as you mentioned, that would put them in the market for a, uh, buyout candidate. So it'd be interesting to see, but Kcocks I thought, I thought he looked really good. I was a little surprised, honestly, that he came back to the Lakers after he's a free agent, basically. Yeah. Um, I thought he might try his way elsewhere, but it makes sense because as we mentioned, he's familiar with this system um, and he's excelling. He's doing everything. He even showed a a pick and pop ability. He knocked down a three in the first quarter that I had to do like a triple take and turn the volume up to make sure that that was Kaycock and um he talked a little bit about it after the game but yeah that's I mean obviously that's something all big men try to work on um during the summer and then never really implement it but it's stuff like that as you mentioned with him going small that uh that would be a difference in him potentially getting that roster spot so it'd be interesting to see this is a this is a fun roster even at times tonight uh Xavier Simpson looked really good had a couple really nice passes, had five assists and 11 minutes. It is loaded. It's probably not the right word. It's just a really deep and fun roster. I was actually, while you were talking, I looked up, I didn't even realize this, this roster is more loaded than I even realized. So I looked up 2016 summer league roster, which coincidentally was the last buzzer beater the Lakers had. That was the D low Sixers. Yeah game. So this roster had D'Lo and Ingram. So there's two all-stars right away. Larry Nance Jr. and Ivica Zubots. But buried in this roster that I forgot about, Olympic silver medalist Mustafa Fall, <laughs> who uh, played on France's team against uh, the U.S. the other night. So if you want to talk loaded summer league rosters, there you go.
0: Shout out to Mustafa Fall who I'm sure everybody that's listening to this knows exactly who it is. And uh,
1: he was 29th. the good French big man the court <laughs> against America.
0: That is your, uh, that is your five seconds of patriotism after team USA. Won. <laughs> I uh, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun, but we can't forget about who got us here. Alex Caruso playing in the Olympic qualifying <laughs> game, qualifying team USA for the Olympics. I genuinely can say they could have not done it without him.
1: Yeah, very much so. <laughs> I was, I loved all of the tweets when the late or the team USA lost their first game of Lakers fans just tweeting Caruso in a USA jersey. See, it's such simpler times now because now it would just hurt to see that. But, um, yeah, kudos to team USA but I'm giving all credit to Kevin Durant and none to coach Popovich
0: (laughs) oh my yeah Katie was
1: he was unreal
0: the Nets scare me the Nets uh, the Nets yeah
1: because Patty Mills (laughs) was insane in these uh in these finals or finals Olympics sorry I couldn't think of the word uh in these Olympics too um so man yeah if the Nets can stay healthy, which they couldn't last year, um, they can stay healthy. Good Lord. This version of Kevin Durant right now is unstoppable. Like there's literally nothing you can do. It's
0: disgusting. How, how did that man Him and Brianna Stewart, just like tearing their Achilles and being like, anyway, back to business.
1: (laughs) Now that I took a year's rest, let me go back and just dominate everything again.
0: I wonder, I wonder how many, um, people in hindsight that tore their Achilles. I'm sure like medicine has evolved and treatments have been discovered that led to this. But it seems that most of the people that have looked so good coming after an Achilles have had like two years off, um, whether it was intentionally or unintentionally. And they've just looked so good. And uh, so I I wonder if that's going to be the norm going forward is just sitting out two seasons and, and coming back and looking like a fricking Demogorgon on the basketball <laughs> court.
1: He, uh, I, it'll be interesting to see. That's very much. I remember reading during Kobe's kind of rehab process. So that is very much not something you can rush the rehab on. Um, how other injuries you can quickly build up the strength your ACL injuries you kind of get those oh he's back on the field or back on the court in three four months you just can't do that with the Achilles Um, and so yeah it's a lot slower recovery and as you said he got a I don't want to say lucky fortunate maybe with the pandemic in that regard that as you said he basically got two years off it's Right. A better part of two years um if you'd have told me and I said this I may have said it on this podcast I definitely said it a couple times if you'd have told me the night that KD tore his Achilles that his greatest game in his NBA career was still ahead of him I there's no way I would I would have believed you and the here we are a, yeah, game five of the Bucks net series when he had 50, I believe. Really, that whole Bucks net series was just like his magnum opus. And then he just carried it straight over into the final or into the Olympics. I keep calling the finals, the Olympics, um, the semifinal game. He was incredible. The final. He was incredible. Um, he's unbelievable, man. I
0: have a. Uh... That game is a sensitive subject for me, because I was at my girlfriend's house spending time with her. And I kept checking my phone, and she's like, why why are you checking your phone? What's so important? <laughs> I was like nothing, nothing's going on. And I leave her house, not for that reason, I told her. Uh, and on my way to pick up food, I see that he put up that monster stat line. And I text her that picture, and I was like, "This is why I was checking my phone." She's like, "Oh, okay. Well, he's good. He'll do that again." I, said,
1: ah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was his
0: first time doing it ever.
1: Yeah, that was an incredible game. He went to a level that, like, when talking about just like the best players, and when they go to that elite level, I still think Durant is just higher than everybody's el- everybody else's because, like, offensively. He can literally do anything. Like, he has the range to hit ridiculous threes. He has an insane mid range game he's always had. And he's like seven foot tall with like a however long wingspan. It feels like 13 feet at times. And like, so he can get to the rim and finish. And then in that gold medal game, and he's done this in his NBA career, he was guarding Gobert. And like, I mean, I won't slander Gobert too much but he was he was forcing turnovers on Rudy Gobert so it's like how do you how do you do anything with that like yeah the Nets are absolutely terrifying and they had a good offseason which is even more scary
0: speaking of good offseasons the Lakers had a pretty good one and we haven't talked about it yet because it may feel like longer than a week but it's only been a week Uh, So Mm -hmm. when we get back from the break, we will talk about the winners and losers of NBA free agency. I'll admit I had my reservations about what the Lakers were doing post Russell Westbrook trade. Obviously the Alex Caruso move kind of left a sour taste in my mouth and some of the players they signed, I'm not particularly high on. I may look like an idiot at the end of the season, which is totally possible. I'm not (laughs) saying it's impossible. It's very easy to look like an idiot uh, if you're me. But I'm not as high on Kendrick Nunn as a lot of people seem to be. Um, But beyond that, like grievances I have aside, I really like what the Lakers did this off season, and I think it's fair to say, within the context of the Russell Westbrook trade and the financial constraints that they were working under, that the Lakers are one of the winners of of NBA free agency.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not in as a, as you said, I'm not in love with every signing, but even the ones I'm not a fan of. Strictly from a value point, like yeah. every signing the Lakers got was good value and worst case scenario, if those trade or excuse me, those signings don't work, um you can trade them like it's still good value to trade. I was going to ask you how many times you've put in you've put Kendrick Nunn and THT into a trade <laughs> package together on trade machine to try to get somebody else here by the deadline on. Uh, whenever the december whenever the uh when the restrictions lift because i mean honestly that's like what 15 million dollars you can trade right that can get you something you'll be all over trade machine with that
0: (laughs) well uh everybody keeps referring to taylor horton tucker malik monk and kendrick nunn as young players kendrick nunn is a young player in the same way kyle kuzma was he's Mm. 26 years old (laughs) Mm -hmm. so Pump the brakes there. He is, he is granted uh, only entering his third NBA season and he showed a lot of things. Last season with the Heat, um, he started doing things outside of scoring, uh, which he's good at. I will give him that. Kendrick Nunn is a pretty damn talented scorer and at three levels, which I mean, outside of playoff rondo, I don't know if the Lakers have had that uh in a backup point guard (laughs) in quite some time
1: playoff rondo was unreal that was all i was giggling at. that's (laughs) just looking back on that i did it during the playoffs that was such a silly silly like two-week stretch but go on
0: but yeah ken uh, to your point about value like getting kendrick nunn on the mini mid-level uh and it's only part of the mini mid-level uh which going back to signing players to those rookie minimums the Lakers have that flexibility as well uh, because they only give them part of the mini-mid level so savvy moves by the Lakers front office Um, you can give them credit there while acknowledging that there were other things they could have done most notably bringing back Alex Caruso but uh, you know I think that point has been made enough and Looking ahead to the, the, the roster the Lakers have right now, I am I think they're in a great spot. I don't know. <laughs> there, there's just so much roster ton- turnover, even more so than the previous year, that I have no idea what the rotation is going to look like. I think I know what the starting lineup is going to look like, and it'll probably be Russ, Bays, LeBron, AD, and Mark, assuming Mark's still on the team. Uh, but even that, I'm not super confident in. Like, I can't say anything about this team confidently other than they're going to be fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, I was shaking my head when you said, I know what the, you think, you know, the starting lineup is going to be because I have absolutely no idea. Um, I think there's any three, probably three people you can start at the shooting guards position. Bays, Monk. And I mm, tht maybe I I don't Wayne Ellington. I may be wrong about this. He, I think he's a better version of Ben McLemore, which is fine and useful. I mean, McLemore had some big games. I defensively, I don't know if he's going to bring what Vogel asks of his shooting guards. Yeah, B- Baysmore can do that, and I think probably the front runner also because i think monk um is better as a sixth man and tht probably spacing wise is not going to be great um but yeah like i i don't know will there's there's been so much talk about lebron and ad playing the four and five will they start doing that and if so that's another wing position that I certainly don't know at that point who you start. Maybe not a clue. Yeah. Maybe Kendrick Nunn starts, maybe mellow. Good Lord.
0: Doing that. Starting LeBron at the four and five. At that point, I couldn't say, I can even give you a guess on what the starting lineup would look like.
1: No. Yeah. Your only certainties are Russ LeBron AD and Russ being the point guard. And I, outside of that, I don't really know what this lineup is going to look like. Um, which is fun in a way, like the, but the point I was getting to is that this, <laughs> the Lakers seem to have two things. They certainly did not like how the roster responded in the playoffs last year, um, which we've talked about, um, especially offensively. They just were atrocious, and they went and got a lot of offense in – free agency um but going along with that they also seem to really be testing how good of a defensive coach frank vogel is if he can get this team to like top half of the league defensively uh i'll be wildly impressed because this is a big step back defensively Uh, KCP was one of the better defensive guards, shooting guards, I thought. Um, Certainly a tireless worker. Uh, Kuzma improved quite a bit on that end. Um, And I think those two alone are big losses. Obviously, Caruso was receiving all defensive votes. Um, So you're going to need a lot of guys to step up. Maybe THT. I know he talked about um, stepping up defensively. Maybe he's able to do it. Bazemore isn't bad, um, and he's still only 32, so he probably still has something left in the tank in that end. Dwight coming back certainly helps with the rim protection. Um, and then if you have healthy AD and LeBron, maybe maybe that's enough to cover up for everyone else, but you're going to have to do a lot of covering up based on how the rest of the roster played last season.
0: I put my prediction for the starting lineup out on Twitter the other day and I had somebody reply to me, their starting lineup, uh, which was Russ, Wayne Ellington, LeBron, Mello, and AD. And I said, are you, are you trying to kill Frank? Is, is that your goal? You want to, you want to push this man to the edge and see what he can make a top three defensive team? Like, that would be nuts putting Wayne Ellington and Carmelo Anthony on the floor at the same time. The only, the only way that would make sense is if you're playing a five out lineup, but even then, man, like, I don't know. So shout out to that fan. Uh, clearly doesn't care about Frank Vogel's health or <laughs> his like ability to save what's left of his hair. Like, I but again, We'll see. We'll see it get sorted out in training camp. The shooting guard position is probably the most interesting to me. Yeah. And that's even before Wesley Matthews, if he is coming back, uh, he he gets involved in the equation. So
1: that would be a huge boost defensively more than right. anything else, because he was still pretty good. He I, he's probably more of like a I don't know that he can keep up with shooting guards at his age, but. I thought he handled himself well defensively in the Sun Series.
0: And even before, I think the good news is we can call the Lakers winners in free agency without things being contingent on their last three roster spots. Yeah. Uh, so that's already that's already a good sign. Um, outside of the Lakers, because as, as good as an, an offseason as I think the Lakers had, I think it would bold, It would be bold to say that they were the biggest winners in free agency. Um, I have my answer as to who the biggest winner in free agency was. I would like to hear yours.
1: Mine's not a team. Is yours a team?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> mine, my biggest winner in free agency is DeMar DeRozan with that enormous contract.
0: I mean, mine was DeMar DeRozan's team.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I also wrote down the Bulls, too.
0: The, I like what the Bulls are doing. I don't know if that's a hot take, but Alonzo, Levine, Damar, and Vucevic, very mm-hmm. cool. I'm not saying I hope the Lakers don't win a championship next season, but I will say it would be quite funny to see another player leave New Orleans and win a championship immediately after in Lonzo.
1: Yeah, I need to do some research to figure out who the title favorites are, um, because the last two years a former Pelican has won the title. I think the Nets are title favorites because I think they signed James Johnson, who played half a season. He, <laughs> he was acquired at the trade deadline. And just based off that, because I, I think your main teams are going to be the Nets, the Bulls, the Grizzlies. And I, uh, the Hornets got West of So there, those are the four teams I know off the top of my head have former Pelicans on them. So no faith um, in
0: the Hornets after seeing Leangelo go off for <laughs> 16 points.
1: Shout out to Jello. That was, uh, he was better than I thought he would be, but he can still mainly only shoot, but if he makes that many shots, like that, that's all you need to do. But yeah, I like what the bulls are doing. They, uh, especially if you're going to play DeMar as more of a four, which is what he did in San Antonio. Um, If you just get another wing into that starting lineup, that'd be a lot of fun. And Lonzo and Caruso together are going to be so much fun defensively. Um, I don't know what they're going to be like offensively, but defensively, that is a... It's one of the better defensive backcourts. I mean, they're not going to start together, but that pairing is just going to be crazy good. Like Lonzo is still, the Pelicans sucked defensively last year, but Lonzo was still good. Um, And then Lakers fans know what Caruso did. So, yeah, I had the Bulls down as one of the winners too, along with, I singled out DeRozan because three years, 85 million. Like when we were talking last week, we were discussing whether he would take a, a pay cut to, to take the taxpayer MLE to come play in LA. And then he got $85 million. That That is a wild contract.
0: He said, hell no. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm
1: yeah, not coming.
0: I, how am I taking a payback to play anywhere, but back home and he, apparently back home to him means with the Lakers, because he had a meeting set up with the Clippers and, uh, he got that call from Chicago and I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to sign for the mid-level with the Clippers. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'd love to know how that negotiation went there. Demar's going into it expecting mid-level offers and them selling him on things. And the (laughs) bulls are like, how do you like $25 million a year? And so that was, that was wild. Shout out to Demar for securing one more big paycheck. Um I had another player I will just say it now because I doubt you wrote players. Kelly Olynyk also absolutely secured the bag. I don't know Ooh, what The Pistons? Yeah, I don't know what the Pistons are. They went through a set, a signing spree of centers last year. And then I mean I guess Olynyk's technically more of like a forward, probably more of a stretch 5. I don't know. I mean, I could see value in bringing in a stretch five. You didn't have to pay him $37 million. Like he Olenek was really good in Houston for half a year and then went and got absolutely paid. So like, shout out to him, I guess, but those are the only two players I wrote down.
0: I'm sure Kelly Olenek disagrees with your assessment that they didn't have to pay (laughs) him that much. Um, Yeah. I mean, their GM, well, after last offseason, just straight up said, Yeah, I don't know. I love centers. <laughs> I love big yeah. men. So they
1: um, they saw the Lakers play like Dwight and Javale with AD and were like, we can do that. Let's get Jaleel Okafor, Mason Plumley, and now Kelly Olenek will um, really solve things.
0: Put some respect on JaVale Gee's name, Olympic gold <laughs> medalist, <laughs> Olympic Me.
1: Yeah, they the Lakers had two Olympic or er, Dwight also won a gold, obviously ad and lebron did too but yeah they had a lot of olympic gold medalists from that team i actually lied those are the two player winners i had written down we probably should talk about what the hell's going on with dennis schroeder
0: yeah i think more more than any team that lost in free agency and the team i wrote down is the pelicans because i don't know what the hell they're doing um but we can get to that dennis schroeder pal I, there are no words to describe the disappointment I'm sure he feels right now. And maybe he doesn't like, if there's one thing I got from Dennis Schroeder's exit interview, it's that he really valued being able to have the freedom to go wherever he wanted in free agency and being able to make that choice for the first time in his career, which I think is important. Um, because I think this is the first time he was hitting unrestricted free agency and uh, yeah. was lined up to get paid after getting finishing as a runner-up for six-man of the year the year before. I get that. I, I get it. it. In no <laughs> circumstance, like, I, I was having a conversation the other day. The money Dennis Schroeder turned down when he did is the money other teams would have offered him If he won a championship with the Lakers, like he was, he was getting a number that I think exceeded his market value before he reached that height. And that's why from the outside, looking in it, it, taking away all the context of what Dennis Schroeder wanted to experience in free agency. I, I just don't get, even at the time him turning down that money, because I don't know a scenario where he would have gotten more than that, even with like a monstrous run in the playoffs and in the finals. I, I'm i befuddled because yeah. the market for him now is gone. There, there are very few scenarios that involve Dennis Schroeder still getting paid. And I'd go as far as to say there are like no scenarios no, that don't involve Dennis Schroeder getting
1: paid. Yeah, they don't exist anymore. Um, It was always such a gamble, too, because the way this kind of free agency was going to play out is that there was going to be a point guard who did not get paid. And it became like that wasn't even something that was that like sprung up like you could you knew they knew when the Lakers were offering that deal that there was going to be kind of a point guard roulette in free agency. You had Lonzo, you had Conley, Dinwiddie, um, obviously Schroeder. You had a bunch of guys who were kind of in that same general – Chris Paul and Lauer as well, but um, that same kind of general pay range, and there just weren't enough teams. So, like, to turn down $84 million then – even not take like there's so many different ways this was bad <laughs> like as you said that was above market value that's that was like this is what we think you can become with the lakers right like a best case scenario which i tweeted this during the season there were nights where i was like yeah Paige shorter 20 million a year like he's worth it and then, then there were nights where i was like i two million a year is too much <laughs> like what is this and so like, I just don't know what they're how they thought this was gonna play out um I wonder how quickly they realized they screwed up and not taking that extension because the their the market's gone like I don't and, and it faded so fast like it was like watching
0: somebody fall from a ladder, but like in a cartoon where it yeah. just like. You hit every step on the way down. The, I think, dream scenario for a sign and trade if you're Schroeder at the beginning of free agency was uh, the sign and trade, three team trade with the Kings and the Wizards, in which Dennis Schroeder gets sent to the Wizards for a contract that rivals Buddy Heald's contract. Uh, and they get involved that way somehow. That option got taken away pretty quickly. Then it's like, okay, well, the Wizards want Spencer Dinwiddie. That's fine. The Knicks have shown interest in the past. Fast forward, the Knicks get Kemba Walker in a buyout and pay Derrick Rose to re-sign re-sign with New York. That option is gone. Now, Dennis Schroeder's looking at the mid-level from Boston, question mark. Yeah, Um, there was
1: also Chicago in there because that was Billy Donovan who he had success with in OKC, and but they were always infatuated with Lonzo dating back to the trade deadline. So they immediately, that was like the very first deal announced when six o'clock struck that Lonzo was going to uh, Chicago, which it turns out was apparently illegal. Who would have guessed it? Announcing a trade at six minutes or six o'clock in one second um but yeah you're right everything evaporated just instantly and then it became immediately clear that there was nowhere for him to go and yeah you're right now Boston is the only team that's even like remotely expressed interest and I don't even know what he's gonna get like he has no leverage whatsoever like there is no one else there's no other, there's only a very small handful of teams who can afford him. Um, a handful of teams that have like the mid-level. I don't know that many teams really even have, um, cap space left because Charlotte was one of the last ones and they spent it on Kelly Oubre. Um, so yeah, I have it pulled up. Boston has the mid-level. Um, then you have Cleveland. They don't need a point guard. Um, Denver has a non-taxpayer mid-level. The Warriors, but they seem set on not spending it. Maybe he goes to Houston for like a prove-it type of deal um, and get traded at the deadline, but there's been no rumbles there. Um, Yeah, his options are gone. Minnesota, but they don't need a point guard. The Pelicans don't need a point guard. Um, The Thunder, I mean... That's where everybody goes to rehab their value. That's where he's had success. Maybe he goes back there. I'm just looking at teams that even have the mid-level available still. Portland, but it doesn't make a lot of uh, sense with Dame and CJ. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea at this point where he goes.
0: Not looking great. I'm going to be honest.
1: No. He is by far, to me, the biggest loser in this free agency because, yeah, he passed up eighty-four million dollars, and even if he signs a mid-level, you're talking a little bit more than a tenth of that. So, th- just staggering. His, you have to imagine his agent is going to be fired pretty quickly, which is it's Giannis's agent, so it's like a good agent. I just don't know how they miscalculated everything so bad.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I didn't expect Dennis Schroeder to be Doctor Strange and see like every scenario <laughs> before it happened but good lord
1: it, but he picked one of the other 14 million <laughs> and not the one
0: he yeah there were just so many ways again when he turned it down where you could very easily see it going wrong and it did and yes. uh i wish him the best <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say Good luck, uh, bud. that'll do it for our show this week um uh, we could talk about the pelicans but truly and honestly i have no idea what they're doing like all i'll say is i hope new york is clearing the deck for when zion (laughs) inevitably leaves
1: he might be the first person to take just the qualifying offer and leave after uh after his rookie deal because yeah it is an absolute mess there
0: Free Brandon ingram um Yeah, that'll do it for our show this week. Thank you for listening. Uh, When we talk to you again, we'll hopefully have some fun summer league content for you because that's the only basketball we have right now. (laughs) A little bit longer. and, uh, And we'll be back at it. Until then, we'll talk to you next time.